Hello, everyone. I am here with my friend Kelly, who founded a really cool company called Hack Your Muse, because as writers, we sometimes tend to wait for that muse to strike and we just sit around like someday, someday it will come to us. So Kelly is an author herself and she helps other authors to be able to just uh, be more productive in a a balanced way, I think. Is that accurate? Yeah, it's, it, you know, we want to have a life and we want to have a creative life in our creative cave. And so when we want to sit down and write, we actually want to write, not just stare at the page and think I can't write. So that's why I founded Hack Your Mew. Did you start out with having some ideas and tips and tricks that you knew you could share to overcome that problem? Or did you kind of discover it as you went? So one of the reasons that I founded Hacking Muse in the first place was because as a writer um, for, you know, I think it was 15 or 20 years before I started the, the coaching, is writers get together in the bar at conferences. And the first thing we start talking about is, how to make ourselves sit down and write when it's time to write. And there were so many great tips that would get shared. I mean, music or no music, uh, you know, an object, a special place, mm. a, a, you know, an outfit. Like I actually know a writer who had been a business person on Wall Street and she actually got totally dressed up like she would for Wall Street in order to do her writing. It's it's all about tricking your mind, hacking your muse. <laughs> yes. I love that. And you have also been branching into helping with the marketing side of books as well, because we all want more people reading our books. We put all of that effort and energy and force ourselves to sit down and write. So we want people to actually experience those books. That's the thing that it took me a very long time to come to recognize. I spent uh, um, probably over a dozen years actually helping writers make very um, strong articles and books. And I didn't want to get into the marketing side at all because as a self-published author for the last uh, 11 or 12 years, it's not my favorite thing to do, but it very quickly became obvious to me that it doesn't matter if I'm helping people write really good books that they're proud of, if they can't get them in the hands of the readers. Mm. And so with some gritting of my teeth and some thoughts of, well, I'm not very good at this. I actually started to think about what am I good at? How, can you hack your book marketing muse, which is different than your creative muse and yep. actually get, and the first thing you said that actually is the most important thing is what you're really trying to do is just attract the readers who are going to like your book. And to me, that's a huge weight off your mind, right? Mm -hmm. it's, you do not have to get every person you ever meet to buy your book or read your book. I don't know about you, Carolyn. One of the things that really bugs me are people who 
tell me they bought my book, but they didn't read it because they were trying to support me. And I mean, I love them for it. It's very kind, but it's okay. There are so many books in the world. I want you to read it. I want you to buy a book you're going to read, right? If you're not going to read my book, because like for historical romance, none of my sisters read historical romance, but they still bought my books to support me and then gave them away to friends who did read it. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And, and I think when you think about it that way, it's like you're just looking for your readers, right? So you're just kind of trying to attract them. Then it makes it feel a little less like I need to sell. Every time I talk about my book, I need to sell it. It's like, no, that is that's not a great true. point. Yeah. <laughs> Like you don't have to be driving around with your trunk full of books. Like, here, come see what I've got for you. You know, I, cause I know some writers who do that and, and they're really good marketers, but it's more along the lines of like, when you go to a book fair or you do um, something at a bookstore and people come up and they talk to you, but they don't buy your book. It can feel like a rejection, but mm. it's not. It's just that there are so many books. It's not a rejection of you. It's just that that's not there. You know, if you were sitting there with, a, you know, a cup of Darjeeling tea or a pot of Darjeeling tea and people came up and are like, well, I don't like Darjeeling tea, you would understand why they're not buying your book or drinking your book. So it's, it's like that. It's like just take that responsibility that if you haven't sold that book, it's because there's something wrong and just recognize, no, you let them know this book is not for them. They'll go find something else. And that's okay. Yeah, that really reminds me of the situation with reviews. That <laughs> it's actually, I think it's a good thing to get one star reviews, because that gives potential readers so much information, as opposed to a five star review that's like, this book is the best. It's so awesome. The one star review tells you all about the book so that you can look at it and go, oh, actually, that's a trope I really like. This person didn't. Maybe I'll like this book. And also, if you're selling books to people who don't really like them, you're going to get more one star reviews over time because it's not the right book for them. So you don't want to put yourself into that situation. I So I've talked to a lot of my students, I have talked to a lot of my students um, about reviews because they get, you know, one of the things as a self-published author is you're supposed to try and get some reviews on your book as soon as you're putting it out there so that it looks legitimate. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they're, but I don't want a four star. I don't want a three star. And my take is you just want people to be honest about what they liked and didn't like about the book because that is gonna to speak to the audience who's going to like your book and the ones who would give you a one star if they accidentally bought it thinking it was something different. Exactly. And it, again, it's like that whole thing of just because somebody doesn't buy your book, it doesn't mean your book's not good. It just means they're not your reader and just release them because your reader is coming and they're going to see it and they're going to like it. Yes. You know, and, and I just read a story. I'm, I'm not going to even say where I read it about um, uh, an author who got into 
very hot water for, um, she said, claimed she was being a, a little bit sarcastic, snarky, and didn't really mean it. But she said something about a review and, you know, about it ruining her, her five-star uh, review number. And I thought, oh, don't do that. Just let people be honest about the books because they're not talking to you, the author. Exactly. They're talking to other readers and that's the conversation. For a long time, I, I didn't understand why you weren't supposed to say anything. I always thought you should say thank you for a review. Mm. And I talked to some reviewers about it because I was really curious. I'm like, do you like to be thank you or does it make you feel like you're being stopped? And I, it was, of course, a split opinion. Some people are like, I love it when the author thanks me. And other people who I thought were very honest were like, I'm not writing it for you. So you don't need to thank me for it. <laughs> yeah, I'm a big fan of watching uh, Reads with Rachel here on YouTube. She has lots of videos under the category of authors behaving badly. And usually what they're doing is going into reviewer spaces and harassing reviewers. And it's like, no, just stay away, stay away. It's not for you. And we think again, as self-published authors, we think, oh, well, we're supposed to read the reviews so that we can get, you know, feedback and we can improve our writing. It's not how it works. First of all, you need to get the feedback before you publish the book. <laughs> but also like from my experience, the reviews are contradictory. You get a one-star review that's like, oh my gosh, this person doesn't know how to write characters at all. They're so shallow. And then you get a five-star review like, this is the most realistic character I've ever seen in my life. And so you're just like, I guess I'll just keep doing me. <laughs> well, you know, that's the thing. It's like when you step back and you think about how you interact with books and book reviews for your own purpose, reading purposes, not as an author, um, it you get a lot of clarity. Mm. So yeah, if you don't like a book, you don't say, oh, this is the worst author. Oh, sometimes you do say this is the worst author ever. I don't. I, you know, I learn a lot from every kind of author, even if they're not my cup of tea and I want to like give them notes on their writing. <laughs> because what I learned is there is no one right style of writing. People yeah. do have different styles and you click with it or you don't click with it. Um, and I'm not talking about, you know, tons of grammatical errors that are not done on purpose. Those can be cleaned up, but sometimes the style is, you know, it's like Hemingway, Fitzgerald, they're different. They were contemporaries. They sometimes complimented each other. They sometimes tore each other apart for their styles, but they're still taught in schools and people still enjoy their stories. And they're so, divisive. There are people who absolutely love their writing and people who absolutely hate it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like, well, I think uh, don't with the marketing because you can go out there with confidence and just say, okay, if somebody doesn't like it, they're just not my reader. Not a big deal. I'll keep putting it out there till I find my readers. What I used to do with my um, students, because they would worry a lot about somebody disliking their writing because it does feel very personal. I'm not going to lie about that. I would say, all right, so go pick this author you really love and read their reviews. Read just their three to one star reviews. Don't bother with the five stars because um, they usually just say this book was great. I loved it, right? And they're not even very useful. And that was educational for them because they would come back to me. Well, how could someone not love this book? And I'm like, 
That's mm-hmm. the point. There are books you don't love and there are books other readers don't love and it's nothing to do with the book 99% of the time. <laughs> 99. There is sometimes the time where you, you can fix that book and more people will love it. Not everybody, but more. Um, so I do read reviews. I don't, I don't counsel people not to read them. I don't believe authors who say they don't read them. They could be telling the truth, but I don't really believe it. I think every so often we'll just have to read them just to see what people are saying and then just pretend we didn't, right? It's like, oh, I didn't see that. <laughs> I avoid. I haven't bothered reading my reviews much, but I did go back to it recently. I have a book that I published in 2009 and I did a new edition in 2013, but it's still been a while and it's um it's a weird book. So, it tends to get very mixed opinions, but the top review on Amazon was actually something that I'm really glad somebody brought up. She said, you know, the topic of this book didn't bother me, but there were some instances where the main character did things that are just not okay. They were, you know, flirting with lack of consent. And that was not something that was on my radar in 2013 that much. And it is now. So I put an author's note in there and I said, you know, I don't condone the behavior of this character now, um, but, you know, it's still there, but I want you to know that she's not somebody you should aspire to be like. And I'm glad that the reviewer pointed that out. And I, and that I think is one of those interesting things when you've been writing for quite a while and, you know, things change and the readers don't necessarily know that, right? They don't look at the copyright date and say, oh, she wrote this, you know? And I I remember back when I started to self-publish some of the books I was self-publishing were books that I'd gotten the rights back to. And I was so glad because the conversation was going with all the other authors doing the same thing. And they're like, okay, so I have to have a reason for my heroine not to have her phone because they were updating a little bit because, you know, the heroine is like, I can't find a phone booth. Well, you know, now it is no contemporary anymore. (laughs) What do you mean you can't call somebody? Isn't your phone in your pocket? So, and I'm like, okay, I was writing historical romance. I don't have to update it at Victorian times. <laughs> but even my mysteries, which I wrote maybe eight years ago, not even, maybe five, six years ago, I have, um, I have her doing things that are technologically not likely anymore. She had mm-hmm. a cell phone. Um, but she also had an answering machine. And I'm like, I wonder how many people have an answering machine at home. Probably oh, not many. So fast. Yeah. That's true. Mm, crazy. But I like it. It makes you think. It's the thing about writing is you're always thinking, well, how is it going to sound to my readers? You know, and it totally depends. I mean, if you're writing to someone who lived that time, they at least have a reference. But if you're writing to someone who have who hasn't, you got to do your reader research, right? And so my question for you, because you were talking about fiction, but do you think it's different for nonfiction when you read reviews? Do you think Ooh. you can get better information from the reviews if you're updating a book? 
That is a good question. Hmm. I feel like when you write a nonfiction book, you're the expert in what you're writing about. And so you are probably, hopefully, aware as changes in that field happen. So I would definitely go back to books every few years um, to make sure that what you wrote is still applicable and that that's still what you want to represent about your field and put out a new edition with any changes that have happened. And hey, that's a good excuse to relaunch your whole book. <laughs> well, you know, I have not written a nonfiction book on writing. I've thought about it, but mm. I've written some, uh, I, I wrote, you know, how to do a bestseller based on going on the USA Today bestseller list. And I was looking at updating it and they closed off the USA bestseller list. And I'm like, okay, well, that's anachronistic now. But they've opened it up again and so i'm like oh my goodness that means i have to do my research to see i'm guessing that they've changed some of their requirements and that it's different things you have to do to get on the lists yeah. and um so you know i've been thinking to myself this is harder this non this real fact-based stuff than the fiction I had the same thing happen with my book launch planner. I was spent about three months researching it, getting it all ready, formatting it. It was about a week before the launch when Amazon changed how they do categories. It's like, it's been this way for 15 years and now you decided to change it. And I think it's a good change. I'm happy with it because the way they were doing categories was crazy, but I had to pull that section from the book and redo it and <laughs> very quickly you switch everything out. At least they did it before you published it, not right after. <laughs> yeah. After everyone purchases it, and like, what? I don't understand these instructions. Well, and it's it's like that with all software, right? You know, you, mm. you're, you're talking to somebody and they're they're using Scrivener and you're trying to help them figure out how to you know, compile the way they want to compile and. You're like, okay, wait, I had to go in and I have to make sure I update it and using the most recent and go through the steps because with software, things can change really fast and on the fly. And that is, I think, what confounds us most with the book marketing, right? Because there are so many things you can do mm. and not all of them are going to work for you or work for your brain, maybe is the way to put it. Um, and yet, how do you decide what you're going to do? And that's, yeah, it's very you know, that's a question I've really I've been trying to figure out for myself and, um, and for my, my clients too. Yeah. And I, I really, I would say it's been about 18 months since I realized that you really need to start marketing your book, especially if you're doing nonfiction to build a business. But even with fiction, there are things you can do is you need to start doing that as soon as you start thinking about your idea. Mm. And you do, it's kind of cool. It's like stalkery stealth marketing. So you don't say I'm writing a book about because that is bound and to bring out the people who are like, well, that would be a dumb book or well, I wouldn't read that. You. And we're trying to be helpful, right? Don't waste your time. <laughs> <laughs> so so you have to kind of say hmm 
what do you think about book marketing five times a week playing a game, right? Would you do that? And then they don't know that you're thinking about writing a book or starting a course or any of that stuff. They're just like, uh, book marketing is not a game. It wouldn't be very fun. So then you're like, okay, so I need to make sure if I'm writing a book about this, that I need to make it really clear it's fun. Right? Yeah. And so, and you don't have to convince the person. You're just trying to get the yeah, you see what the objections are, what the pains are, what they think is not going to work so that you can make sure you address it. That makes a lot of sense. It's a market research kind of thing. And it, and it also gives you more confidence about talking about it because I remember, um, this is a terrible story. So <laughs> I just told, just told this to my, to my co-author um, two weeks ago and she's like, oh my goodness. And I said, it happened 10 years ago and I would never do this again. But I went to my daughter's graduation. She was graduating from getting her master's in public health and we're standing around, we're talking about her. And one of her friends came up and said, oh, I loved your books. And she was very enthusiastic. And I just like froze to the ground because it was the wrong context for me. Also, I was very shy and not very confident. And my mm. poor daughter who just has all the social grace in the world you know, later said, mom, you embarrassed me so much. I can't believe you did that. And I'm like, Okay, well, just tell her I really appreciate it, but I just, you know, it was so out of context for me that I froze and felt like I wanted to say, oh, no, there are better books in the world and all these other things. Mm -hmm. And um, that social context matters when you're put yourself in the marketing. You, you want to have a message, a really clear message to people about your books that's a little also a little distanced. So that you don't feel like that. I mean, and there yeah, are, you feel I'm, like you're being pushy or salesy. Exactly, and 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 of course, she'd already bought the books and read them. I didn't need, but it felt weird to me. So I've I have since figured out how to deal with that. But that I think is part of what happens when we try and market our books. Mm -hmm. And so oh, if we find these cool. little tricks, <laughs> yes hacks as it were <laughs> i think another big one is um the time the you know we want to spend our time writing and we look at the marketing and it just seems like that is going to suck up all of my time and it can and it can because it just depends on what you're focusing on right if you're focusing on i need to sell this book to make sure that it's good so that i can sell the next one right i I have trouble with that compartmentalizing. And so whenever I have trouble with something, I start talking to other people who I think do it well mm. and or who are also struggling with it and get their opinions. And I, one thing I've noticed for sure with book marketing is authors who are good at it are just good at business in general. And they are separated from their books in a way that some of us are not. <laughs> it's our baby. <laughs> yeah <laughs> and, and we don't want anyone to hurt our babies <laughs> like once i'm focused on the next book i have a little bit less angst about the previous book like i can let it be for <laughs> to some extent and one of the things i learned is setting a goal and you know like a clear goal that's achievable um and you know also figuring out the steps to achieve that goal that other people have done 
it kind of separates you from it a little bit and makes it into a game so that, you know, you're just trying to do this thing. And in order to do this, like if you're running uh, hurdles, you have to jump over every hurdle before you jump over that last hurdle, right? You can't just run around all these hurdles and jump this last one. <laughs> and it counts. Um, but sometimes I think with marketing, that's what we try and do. And so when I decided I was going to, you know, try and see if I could hit the USA Today list, I asked all the people I knew who were doing it, what, how they were doing it, what their planning was. And I had a long list, which I did only part of because, you know, I got in my own way. And, you know, it, again, it felt like, I can't do that, you know, which I... I don't let my clients think like that. Well, I'll tell you in a minute how you've already inspired me to step out of my comfort zone. <laughs> okay. But it's just, it's just make a plan, set a goal, and then just go for that goal like it's a game. And that's all you have to worry about. And then if you, you know, you check off the things you did, you're, you get to feel like you win. And it's, it's you know, you, you never actually know. Are you going to be a JK Rowling billionaire? The likelihood of that is so small, um, you know, but she did a lot of really smart things to get there. And I know she's a little controversial now, but as an author who made smart moves to get her books in front of her readers and to keep control of her elements, she did all of those things right. So I, I bring her up as an example. And that's all I say to my clients is, just figure out what's right for your book and do it. And I will hold your hand. <laughs> I absolutely love this book marketing bingo game that you came up with. Uh, as you said earlier, the just do five things. And it's not even like you have to come up with what those five things are because you have a sheet that you can give people that has these different categories of book marketing activities and you pick a line of them to do in a week and then you get to say yes i won the bingo and then the book sales just follow naturally which is just genius absolutely and it's bite-sized pieces so it's not like this is going to take all of my time so i think it's such a phenomenal idea how did you decide on which activities you were going to put on that board so when i decided that i wanted to make it easier for my clients because I noticed that they were doing the same things that I do, which is just get in your own way, start to overcomplicate it. It's like, what's going to be the best thing? How many people do I need to do? It's like, you know, I'm going to get on TikTok and Facebook and I'm like, stop. <laughs> do you really want to spend that much time on all of that? And where are your talents matching up? And I, I'm like, I need to make this easier for them because they don't, you don't know what you don't know until you've tried it. But mm. I don't think it's really good for your ego to get on Facebook and TikTok and Instagram and every other and LinkedIn even, and then just see what works. It's exhausting and it's not very useful. So, and I've done it, so I can tell you, it's not effective. All it does is make you feel tired and take away from your writing. So I thought, okay, what is really important? And so I actually, I asked chat GPT oh. I wanted, I was just playing with it and I wanted to brainstorm. And I said, 
name five categories of things you can do as a book marketer. And so I did. <laughs> and when it did, I used them. Are we losing our sound? Oh, okay. You were I locked there. the door, but now my son is banging on it and going, Priya needs you. Oh, well, we can't hear him. So that's here. That is the reason. Come on. I'm waiting for my mom to come in. Yeah. I don't think she's going to. She tends to miss that I'm doing something. This is the work from home life. No, I like it. I've, I've really done it most of my, you know, the corporate is just like the, the, away from home jobs. It feels like, oh, it's exotic. It's you've got to wear work clothes and drive. <laughs> uh -huh. Ugh, yeah, no going back to that. I don't want to drive anymore. <laughs> but, but I really enjoyed using the chat GPT to find those because it, for what we were talking about, it's like there's so many choices. And that was really what I was struggling with. There's so many choices. How do I organize them? And I thought of the bingo game. Um, and I'm like, okay, that's really simple. It's a simple, simple game. We don't need to be Monopoly. We don't need to be anything that's even more complicated. World of Warcraft, no, no, no. They're not good games. So it feels like it sometimes, World of Warcraft. It's <laughs> not the game I want. <laughs> and so, okay, so I, I'm like, can I find five columns? And ChatGPT gave them to me, and I had like this instant clarity of how to do it. And it's just... You know, so it's I'm gonna I'm gonna read it from the card because I keep forgetting the names that I gave it, which is terrible. I'm sure at some point I will remember them. Yeah, because we're gonna be talking about it a lot. Recommend it with people. So there's the collaboration, which is collaborate column, where you actually, you know, you might say, Oh, I'm gonna you know, if you mention my new release in your newsletter, I'll mention your news release in my that's pretty easy, right? That's a simple marketing game. And then reviews. And when ChatGPT threw that out at me, I actually looked at it and thought, that can't be a column. And then I thought about it a little more and I'm like, that's the one thing, that is my Achilles heel. Mm -hmm. I hate asking for reviews just as much as I hated when that person came up to me and gushed about my books because I just wanted to convince them my books weren't as good as other people's. And, you know, it's like, where does that even come from, right? So it's the same thing with asking for a review. And I believe in automation like you do. So I, in my email sequence, I have, you know, automated review asking, so I don't usually do it. And I thought about, well, how do you ask for reviews? And there's different kinds of reviews. You know, you might ask, and you can even pay for some <laughs> if you felt like it, right? Mm -hmm. And so I, I you, know, you can go to to find those review sites. So it's your choice. You know, if you're feeling shy and just starting out, you can ask your sister to review it. And if, you know, if she read it um, and if she didn't read it, maybe you don't want to know that. So you might not want to go to your sister. That I can't say. But then, you know, I get to events and I'm like, oh, events are such a big thing. And I thought, but you know what? This is an event. What we're doing right now is an event. I am on a podcast and that is an event. Um, I could, you know, do my own podcast. That would be an event. Uh, a book signing is an event. Um, going to, a, you know, like in my uh, local town, they do festivals during the year. 
and you can go together with a couple of other authors and have a little booth where you sign books and you know talk about books that's an event it doesn't have to be putting on a party or spending a lot of money or any money even and so it just looking at these categories from chat gpt's viewpoint just like really opened it up for me or structured it i think so that i could structure it and then a of course had to be advertising and i wanted to offer opportunities for people to spend zero money so i'm like well what is an ad that is zero money and what did i come up with oh putting put it on your website yeah, because your website is a com commerce site and we never think of it that way. We think of it as an artistic site and, a you know, like a an aggregate site or a business card. But it is a commerce site. If you put a book for, you know, put an ad up there, that is an ad and it counts and it doesn't cost you any more than it costs you to. Yeah, I, I really liked seeing that on there because I, I see so many bloggers who are like, when am I going to make you know, have enough page views to qualify for these advertising programs. When will I be able to add ads to my blog? And I'm just like, get yourself an affiliate link and make your own ad. So I do. Uh, and I didn't even think about the affiliate link, but of course that's what you do. And see that you just added a dimension to it. You can actually make money from it besides <laughs> selling the books. And that's what I really just doing that chat GPT session. And it was just a basic session of like, you know, name some categories, name five categories. And so, and uh, the last one was social media, but I needed an M because I wanted to make a word because that's what I'd like. So I decided I was going to make the word cream and be like cream of the crop or um, cream your competition. Cream rises to the top. Yeah. And, and so I changed that to media and I was like, oh, that's such a good thing because media accounts, press releases. And I don't know a lot of authors who do press releases for their books, but right now, you know, newspapers are struggling and you get that um, weekly free thing from your newspaper. Usually we do in our state um, where, and they're looking for content. Local author has a book, you know, and you, of course you want to try and do your tie-in, but local author is, you know, just published a book is actually all you really need to do the tie-in, right? So there's a lot of opportunities. So I was, I was like, got really excited once I saw that I could make this work for anybody. You can, you know, if you, if you have zero energy, you can actually do five of these in probably an hour, you know, and once you start doing them, then you've got templates, which mm -hmm. is what I love about, you know, my automations for my email is those templates are there. I don't have to recreate them. I do have to go in and, you know, fluff them up a little bit. Um, I, I, you know, I haven't got to the point where telephones don't exist in that, you know, email thing. But I, I, okay, I'm going to knock on wood because, you know, that's going to happen tomorrow now that I said it. <laughs> I'll have to redo all my automations for some fancy thing where I don't know. I don't know what they would ask. But I just thought, you know, anybody can do this. I can even do this. And I really struggle, especially right now. My life is very complicated and I'm just... 
you know, juggling a lot of plates. And I thought, if all I had to do was this and I got to win my week, I would be so happy. <laughs> yes, I love it. So I downloaded your card and I am starting this week with my own bingo. I had a little head start because I picked a column where I'm already doing a couple of the activities. Like I have a low cost ad running on Amazon. I have a newsletter swap that's already scheduled to go out this week. So I was like, okay, I'm going to pick that row. Well, then I hit the events part and I was like, hmm, in that row, I think it's like reach out to a library or a bookstore to do an event. And that is something that I have never done. And I, I don't even leave my house anymore, honestly. Like, I live on the internet. So I have a tab pulled up right now that says events at my local library, and I am going to write to them and ask about whether I can come in and talk about my book launch planner. So I would definitely not have done that without the bingo game telling me I can't win if I don't finish this, this row. <laughs> See, now, I, I love this. And one of the things that covid actually gave to our libraries is sometimes the libraries are still doing uh zoom events oh true so you know you can offer to do it through zoom or in person um and from what i've seen of our local libraries they really love it when you can show someone how to do something and you know, launching a book is something that, you know, some library patrons actually are interested in. If they have a writer's group that meets there, you know, they yeah. might even sponsor you, who knows? I encourage you to do it. I encourage you to think about the connection to the community that mm -hmm. you're building, right? That's yeah. an important thing. It's I know it seems so scary. It seems like we're asking for something. And if we flip it around and we say we're offering them entertainment that is going to bring people into the library and that they know their um, people are interested in. The one thing I would say, I just got this really brilliant advice from some somebody I was just talking to before you. So making that first contact is the hardest because it really hits our ego. And if they say no, it feels like they're rejecting us when what they're really trying to do is juggle the needs of their patrons. Mm. And that is, it's really important to recognize that and to know the library. Like there's a couple of local libraries that I have. One is my little library in the town I lived in for 30 years that my kids all went to that, that we um, helped that, you know, help them raise money to build a new library. Cause they used to be, they used to share space with the high school library in between the middle school. And, oh my goodness. <laughs> and now they have their own beautiful building, but it took a very long time. But then there's the Bangor library that Stephen King happens to have supported a lot through the years, very historical. They actually have different kinds of programs and different needs. And knowing that and how you can um, sync up is really good. I mean, you may find that your library is more interested in talking about your fiction than your nonfiction mm -hmm. um, because that's what their patrons want. And so talk 
to your librarian. Don't send an email. Go talk to somebody. They love, librarians love to talk to authors. As long as you're doing it as an exploratory. Yeah, I wouldn't you know, go in there. patron love for me because I just really want to do something and it's going to open up the world for you. That is great advice. And it, it ties back to what you were saying at the beginning about it's don't take it personally. It's not a personal rejection. If something isn't working out, it's, it's always what's going on in their worlds, not you. It will and occasionally it can be like, I will say that historical romance can either be a super love it or sometimes a super hate it. Um, and if you do children's books, the library is going to be all over you <laughs> and the bookstores too, because they usually have programs. I mean, depending if it's a mystery bookstore, it's probably not going to, they're not going to invite you to talk about a children's book, but I have never really met a librarian or a bookseller who didn't like to talk to authors. And I wish I was a little bit better at it because I always felt like I was asking for something. And so flipping it in my mind, it's like I actually have to flip that script before I do it. I, and I, I can go back to when I was a teenager, my local library had an author coming in to speak and I was so excited because I already knew I wanted to be a novelist. That was my plan. So I was studying and learning. And so it was like, oh, I get to go in and meet a real life author. like. That was so special. So I can I can still remember those feelings. And, and you know, speaking of time travel and how things change, you wonder because now there's a lot of people on YouTube and TikTok and uh, you know Facebook, and I wonder how you know teenagers feel about it. I'm guessing they probably still like to ask questions. You know, like how do you do it? What do you do? Because those answers aren't necessarily there. Mm -hmm. I don't know though, but it's kind of cool, right? You're just doing your research. I am so glad that you're going to reach out because you definitely have the personality for that. You will make people laugh. They will be glad they came to your presentation. Oh, thank you. Yeah, so we should tell everyone that this was so inspiring, this bingo card idea game, that we are working together to build it into a little membership where we can hold each other accountable for actually getting our bingos every week and giving resources and support to help you with ideas about how to do the things on the bingo card. So would you like to explain a little bit more about our plans for that? So, uh, I just, I appreciate that you were, you saw the benefit of this because everything we talked about just made me feel so excited and good about it. Because I've seen so many people who struggle with this marketing part of, oh, I just don't want to do it now, or they do things that feel uh, inexpensive and, um, easy, although they may take some time, but then they don't see anything happening, mm -hmm. right? And so they go and they change their tactic. And, you know, I'm saying they, but actually we. I'm just <laughs> going to throw myself in this bucket because 
And you were saying too, Carolyn, you feel that way sometimes too, even though you are a launch expert. And I think when you do it for yourself, sometimes it just feels different than when you do it for other people. And mm -hmm. I think marketing is, you know, you still have to market your own book. You know it best. You need to know your readers. Sometimes you don't want to, but if you don't want to, this isn't for you. <laughs> but basically, just do those five things and then see what happens with those five things. And then check your sales. Carolyn made a really nice, simple spreadsheet. Very simple. Simple, simple. Even I can fill it in. Very simple. But, you know, of course, it's a game. And so if you win, there's prizes. We're not going to tell you what they are because we haven't decided most of them, but they're all going to be cool and marketing related and fun. <laughs> and then the support. And then when you, if you're feeling like, oh my gosh, I don't think I can do it this week, there'll be people who say, wait, let's see. What could you do? What can we help you do? There might be somebody who could, you know, offer to send their list your new book or or talk you into doing a book sale or oh, actually it's endless and brainstorming with us is probably going to be fun but also you're going to get more ideas than you mm -hmm. so i i really hope that we get people who are feeling challenged right it, like if you are someone who has a multi-million dollar um, Facebook ad account and are selling lots of books. You probably I don't, don't really have anything to offer you. <laughs> other than pats on the back and accolades, but because you're a business, you are just a super business person. But if you feel like you're more creative um, than business oriented and that you just want accountability, or as I call it, an excuse to actually market your book and you know, do it a couple times a week, then this would be your place with, where we all want to say, okay, we did our five, now we're off to create. <laughs> mm -hmm. Now we don't have to think about it again, we're just going to create. I don't know. I, I mentioned the, the bingo card in a Discord channel that's about for self-publishers, indie authors, and everybody was like, oh, I need that. I was like, I know. That's how I felt when I first heard it. Like, yes. Well, when I created it with the help of ChatGPT, I was like, I wish I had had this <laughs> 15 years ago because it would have been a lot easier, but I wouldn't have known how to create it, even mm. with the help of ChatGPT. Um, yeah. It didn't exist back then. Oh, speaking of time travel and things that change. <laughs> yeah, when I was that teenage, you know, wannabe author, uh, there was no Kindle. There was barely internet. There was definitely... Well, there was the writer. <laughs> <laughs> I used to read that magazine religiously and the other one, which I'm forgetting what it was called. Well, writer's writer's yeah, I used to read that all the time. <laughs> all the time. But they didn't give you the behind the scenes. It still was all very mechanical. And I think you need to laugh. I think you need to say, oh my gosh, you're not going to believe what I just did, right? <laughs> I just sent everybody an announcement of my new book and I forgot to put the link in it. <laughs> who do you know who hasn't done that? At least one. <laughs> but you need to go somewhere and everybody needs to say, that's okay. It's not a biggie. Here's what you do to fix mm -hmm. it. 
and you and you make your readers laugh at you and sympathize with you and buy your book. <laughs> yeah. So yes, I'm hoping we build a community, and um, I'm I'm super excited about it selfishly because as I've been going through this and thinking, well, what can you do? I'm like, oh yeah, I'm not doing that, and I should be doing that. Oh, I'm not doing that. I should be doing that. And for me, like, I'm glad you're doing events, but I look at that events column and I don't know where I'm going to be from time to time because I come down to Florida to help my mom mm -hmm. out and then I go back home. So that's been a real um, strain for me. And I'm sure it is for other people too. It's like, if you don't know where you're going to be, how can you plan out? And I, I've got answers for people because I've been figuring it out for myself. Like, Hmm, I could go on a podcast with somebody. <laughs> Who could you go on a podcast with? <laughs> so, and, and that wasn't my idea. I didn't actually even think about that. But I was talking to you, and you thought about it. And I'm like, oh, it's an event. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, it was great timing. And uh, I think we're not quite ready to launch this accountability membership yet, although I'm glad that I'm in it because I'm going to need your accountability uh, to be touching base with me. But until then, uh, people can still get the bingo card. We're just going to have you uh, send an email and then we'll let you know when the rest of the support is ready. Um, so you can email Carolyn at financiallyfreeauthor.com and and get that copy of the bingo card for yourself and we i think maybe carol and i are both a little bit perfectionist so we have a plan for this community that will keep you supported and knowing what's happening and has a few automated parts to it that we don't have linked up yet and you know yes maybe we should just open it up and say oh you can come in during the chaos part but i don't think we want to do that but it's not going to be chaos for very long. We're going to have it. Yeah, out. we're working fast on it. And we'll let you in during a little bit of chaos, just not as much chaos as it is right now. <laughs> no, no, because we, we want you to have a good goal. So, so basically, we're going we're gonna to try it out. We're going to try out all the whole system and see how it works and then invite other people in. And it's still a beta. So it's going to be lots of incentive and lots of fun and lots of learning. So if you want something to support you, you will be able to just ask for it and see if we can make it happen. Yeah. We, we really want to create this community for the people who, it's basically just like, you know how babies, um, when they get in the pool, they have water wings, so they don't sink to the bottom of the pool. That's what this bingo game is like. It's water wings to get you marketing. And at a certain point, you're just going to know what you need to do for your own books and you will have gotten over being in your own way. Mm. The big one. Yeah. <laughs> the so that's a good way to do that. <laughs> <laughs> and you'll have a list of all sorts of other people that you can call on if you mm -hmm. are in your own way, which I find we all need. Yeah. No matter where we get, um, even the, people that you look at and you think they have it all figured out. They don't because, you know, chat GPT comes along and completely changes what they're doing or Amazon changes the marketing, um, the, um, the categories. Uh, thank you. The categories. 
Um, and then you have to go and figure that all out again. So things are always changing. Mm -hmm. Having a group you can trust to hash it out with you and figure out what you should do is very useful. Yes, for sure. I am so excited for this. I'm going to be in the community uh, updating about what happens with the event. So once we open the doors and let people in, you'll be able to come and see what my results are from the event. So you'll get to find out. And, <laughs> oh, and I should say, I was telling Carolyn this, that it's a big deal to go ask a library if you can do an event for them. And in some libraries, like if you live in New Jersey or, you know, like a big town, they actually um, will sometimes ask you to pay for your event because they try and weed it out, right? They, they want only want serious people. But we want to encourage you not to have to pay for your event. So there's tricks and tips you can do to make it so that they see that you as an advantage to do that. And... Um, I forgot where I was going with this. I had actually a point to make. Oh, well. If you join our community, you'll yeah, discover I do that. So you can learn how to make sure that you don't have to pay for events. Well, I mean, it's, it is, and you don't have to, I mean, there's a lot of things you don't have to pay for if you make sure that you let them know you're doing it for their people. And that's an important, it's an important thing. Oh, I remember where I was going with this. So for Carolyn to do this, it takes a lot of courage. She gets to, she, even if she asks and they say no, she still gets to mark that off her card. If she asks and they say yes, on the week that she does the event, she gets to mark the entire event column done. Nice. So she might win more than one week <laughs> that week. Yeah. And I just feel like I want to encourage people to do the hard part, which is the asking. And that's what we always forget. It's that ask for the review, not did you get it, but did you ask for it? Because the more times you ask for it, the more reviews you'll get. And I hate that that's true. <laughs> I hate that every ask isn't an automatic yes, because I'm, you know, a perfectionist, but it's the ask that's important. And it's not. It is. And that's the part you're in control of. You're not in control of the other person's reaction, but you can control how often you ask and let people know about your book. And that's the part we need to understand about book marketing, like is separating ourselves from it. It's like, we have control of some parts. We don't have control of others. And in this game, you win when you do the part that you control. <laughs> you are not winning because, you know, fate happened and, you know, you went viral. No, that's a big win. But the real win is that you actually did something that could go viral. <laughs> uh, all right. I'm so excited. I, you know, a friend, I, I feel lucky. I've been doing a lot of reaching out to try and, um, talk about my business and talk about books and talk about marketing and a friend connected me to Carolyn and it was perfect. it's like this is like oh my gosh we're just 
we're going to just get into so much trouble together. It's going, it's going to be fun to watch. Peas <laughs> in a pod. <laughs> yes. Well, I will let you go. We have, we've talked for an hour, uh, which is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to go out and share and try to get more people using the bingo card because it's just, uh, the smartest way to get started at least with book marketing. Yeah, if you just want to say what is this bingo card? So also the other thing I will be giving you is a list of things that you can use to fill in the categories. Because mm -hmm. um I you know just like chat GPT got my brain expanded, I want to expand your brain on how to use the card. And um you're welcome to try and use it by yourself. It'll be more fun to use it with a group but some authors are super loners, and I do understand that. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming and spending this time with us, Kelly. I really appreciate it. Oh, I appreciate you, Carolyn. <laughs> You've got my brain going in so many good directions. I appreciate it. Same. <laughs> All right. Bye, everyone.